Greatness shows up after you're tired. We'll say it one more time, man. Greatness shows up after you're tired, not when you're tired. And breakthroughs don't happen until you reach your breaking point. Been there many times, man, that place I didn't want to go on. And I realized that strength can't develop until your strength is gone. You got to keep pushing because character and courage is developed or lost when you decide to keep going or to give up. You see, that's the point. You got to stop and you got to realize that's your breakthrough coming right there because when others that are around you won't, you will be the one that goes ahead. Somebody has to step up and go a little bit farther. Is that somebody you? How many says that's me? I want to go a little farther. And welcome to our new show, Furthermore, where you'll find education, motivation, and inspiration. I'm Dr. Mark. And I'm Dr. Michelle. And we are here to push you and encourage you to go a little bit farther in all aspects of your life and do more and become more than you ever thought possible. Education is the key. Information is king, but wisdom is supreme. So. Prepare yourself for the latest news and hottest headlines. Truth bombs, amazing guests, relevant and impactful information, and life-changing plans. You are being prepared for the best days of life ahead. So buckle that seatbelt, put that tray table in the upright position, and put the uh, the, the seatbelt on you really tight, like we don't want to get crazy on and fly out of our seat and prepare yourself for the best journey of your life. Right here, right now. On Furthermore. I'm excited tonight. It's going to be awesome. Yes, we are just so excited to be here with you on Furthermore. As you know, we talk about these three prisons and we want to teach you how to get out of this thing called bondage. My goodness, too many people are in bondage these days. And oftentimes we don't even know we're in bondage. That's right. When we get in bondage, of course, we, we don't really understand and have hope. We don't know anything about health because our health tends to go south and freedom, well, we don't mm. really realize that at all because bondage becomes the norm. But when we talk about this thing tonight, called depression it can set in really folks when bondage sets in so when you've been in bondage for a long long time depression can become something you live in so depression in a sense can actually become a bondage of sense can it absolutely it can become so rooted in your life that you don't even really know that it's there so the question becomes is what really is depression anyway well it's multifactorial check out this video for a great description. Understanding our emotions can be complicated. Sometimes our emotions change positively and we feel joy, excitement, happiness, and pride. But other times our emotions change negatively, like when we feel stress, sadness, frustration, or guilt. These kinds of changes in our emotion happen to everyone. But when you have depression, Negative emotions usually last for a longer period of time and start to affect your day-to-day -day life. Many people will start to experience these challenges during childhood and adolescence, but it can happen at any point in your life too. 
Depression can look differently for many people, but most will experience three main things. Feeling irritable or easily frustrated, feeling sad, and just feeling meh or empty. When this happens, you may experience challenges like trouble with sleep and restlessness, trouble concentrating, experiencing repeated negative thoughts and emotions about yourself and others, and no motivation to do anything like your chores or things you usually want to do, changes in your eating habits or activity level, feeling sore like having backaches and headaches, or struggling with your relationships. And depression can have different causes. It can sometimes relate to your different life experiences or the things going on in the environment around you, like at home, school, or in your community. But there are also genetic factors that can cause depression. If your parent has experienced depression, you may be more likely to experience it too. Or biological factors, like the amount of chemicals we have in our brain, like serotonin and dopamine, which can affect our mood. Another possible cause of depression has to do with thought patterns. Repetitive, negative, and disruptive thoughts make it harder to maintain a healthy headspace. And all of this doesn't happen in a bubble. Other struggles, like anxiety, trauma, or substance use, may also shape your experience with depression. There are still a lot of stigma and stereotypes around mental health and depression. Because we can't see depression like we can see a broken arm or a bruised knee, it makes it difficult for others to understand. Your family and friends may react in different ways. Some may be supportive and others just might not get it. But regardless of how others see it, depression is still very real. Learning more about your mental well-being can help you and others in your life better understand your experience. Reaching out for support and accessing treatment like therapy and for some people medication may help you to get better and stay well. Well, we know that there's a lot of aspects and factors that really deal with this thing and contribute to this thing called depression, and it's real. It is estimated today that one in four Americans, from some studies, up to two in four Americans, so that'd be 25 to 50 percent, are on some sort of antidepressant. Mm. It's interesting to note, too, that the antidepressant drug Zoloft went off market because of temporary availability issues in June of 2020. So people are depending on medications to really uh, solve this thing called depression. But my question for you is, is medication really the answer and is depression solved by meds? Well, the last time I took a look at the literature, I could not find anywhere in the literature that it said we have a medication deficiency. Actually, it talked more about how cells, brain mm -hmm. cells, the cells that actually help you make thoughts are actually driven by nutrients. So with, with depression, we actually have to look at the root cause of that. And sometimes it's things like fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, and even shame. There might be a big root there that's actually digging you into a hole. So we have to maybe get an accountability partner, get some counseling so someone can help us dig out of that hole. And then of course, if we don't have the right amount of nutrition, we're going to end up becoming nutrient deficient. And all those neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, they actually require certain nutrients to actually form those neurotransmitters. So if you're B vitamin deficient, magnesium deficient, tyrosine deficient, well, you can't even make neurotransmitters. And I don't know about you, but maybe 
I didn't used to sit down to dinner and go, do I have what I need to actually make these neurotransmitters and help brain function? Do I have what I need to make good, healthy gut function? There's something called the gut-brain axis or gut-brain interaction. So if the GI tract or the gut is not healthy and we're not getting the right nutrients, we're starting our days off a step behind. So the real issue is medicine can be used if the train's going off the track, but for the shortest amount of time. But it's really about eating right, sleeping right, and moving right. That's the key to defeating depression. Make sure you do those things so depression doesn't become a part of your life, become something that puts you in bondage. Stay right with us. We're going to hear a wonderful word from our sponsor, Kirk Elliott, and then we're going to go to a constitutional teaching session by our wonderful friend, Chris Ann Hall. We'll be right back. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here, is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. It is so important that we maintain the ability to have freedom in the financial realms, isn't it? Absolutely. And oftentimes we get into that bondage or lack of financial wealth, and we don't even realize that we're going there. A lot of people don't talk about, we talk about financial freedom, but many times we don't talk about the condition that is governmental bondage or the opposite condition, which is freedom from big government. That's why we've developed a special relationship with our wonderful Chris, uh, friend, Chris Ann Hall. We sat down with her recently and she uh, taught us so much, continues to teach us so much. So we're gonna go to a teaching session right now from her that I think will be very beneficial and enlightening to us all. Check this out. The God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. That's why our Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their governor with certain inalienable rights. So if you're gonna be in this, you gotta be in it to the end. And the only way you can do that is if you are filled with the spirit, filled with truth, and filled with courage. Well, we're back, and many of you already know who this wonderful patriot and wonderful friend of our show here at Furthermore is Chris Ann Hall. Welcome back, Chris Ann. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. 
Well, you have um, blown it up literally with our audience and our mind, <laughs> et cetera, with the ability to understand the constitution the way you do. We just credit you for that. So honored to have you on as uh, just a regular part of our, our movement here. And uh, people are starting to know who you are and I'm super excited about that. And uh, may, may your name be lifted up, but you're gonna give God the credit, which I know that's pretty important to you. Um, with that said, um, let's talk about this today about if people don't get it right, in other words, if they don't interpret the Constitution, execute same and put feet to the action, what do you see happening to our country overall? What could happen and what could occur in your opinion? Well, you know, I, I am very careful when I'm dealing with the proper application of the Constitution and the proper understanding of the role of government to not inject my opinion. And so if I can sort of deflect or change your question just a tiny bit and simply refer back to the people who gave us our constitution and the warnings they gave us if we were going to not follow the constitution. And I would say the first thing that I would want to bring to mind is for everybody is a quote from Samuel Adams. And he wrote, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. So we can understand from that wisdom that really the most dangerous thing facing America today is the ignorance of the people regarding the proper role of government and the proper application of the Constitution. It is we ourselves who are the greatest threat, not invaders. Uh, and one could, could argue that, well, it's the government that's not following the Constitution. Well, that's a symptom of the problem. That is not actually the problem because we are a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy and we are not a kingdom. Because we are a constitutional republic, government is a reflection of its people. We are not a reflection of our government. And when government is acting, is acting outside its constitutional boundaries, when those in government are acting to usurp the rights of the people, it is not because of their assertion that we are in danger. It's because of the people's lack of knowledge to their limits and the lack of courage to stand against them. The knowledge part is really the beginning because we have to recognize, as Samuel Adams said, we sink underneath our own weight. The last 150 years, the government has been growing exponentially, uh, and that growth has has really increased in the last, that rate of growth has actually increased beyond comprehension in the last 50 years. And so we have to recognize, number one, that we are, whether we intend to or not, we are the reason government is growing. Government grows because the people allow it to grow, because we don't stand against that growth. 
and quite interestingly and maybe more dangerous because the people actually ask for that growth and that's where the whole the the whole knowledge thing has to come into play i can give you reference after reference after reference of the expansion of federal power expansion of state power beyond the state constitutions beyond the us constitution because the body of the people have asked government to do things they're not authorized to do through the constitution whether it be be because the people are afraid if they they actually perceive some kind of necessity that brings or emergency that brings a necessity or because the people want the government to provide them with free stuff but these are the three mechanisms of government since the beginning of government i think they call it the hegelian dialectic so government actually creates these situations so that people who are not educated on the proper role of government not educated on the proper application of the constitution must then get give into the cult of the expert experts by the way that are designated as experts by the very government those experts are advising the people to empower and so we have now found ourselves in manufactured crises with the purpose of creating necessity that causes the people to cry out for uh, security to cry out for free provisions to cry out for the expansion of government so the greatest problem that we seek today according to those who actually created our government is the ignorance of the people on the power they have and the duty they have to limit government to its few and defined powers that's just mm -hmm. wow. wow i mean and isn't it interesting did you hear carefully what she said ladies and gentlemen that government creates the situation for the necessity for the people to cry out so that the people will be helpless and seek help from the government isn't that interesting yes creating helplessness yeah, it's, and you know, when you think about this, the necessity that they create for provision and protection is really where we become sheep. It's a bondage. It's, yeah, it's totally bondage. And this is what's happening in these created situations, you know, the, the emergencies that are, we're not saying that some, there's not some truth in that. We're saying that the created situation creates another opportunity for government to get bigger and become more controlling. But as you've heard me say before in previous engagements, and I say again to you today, the key to understanding where we are is to learn the intent of the Constitution, to understand the authors of the Constitution's heart and frame of mind. That's what we call it, the framers. And one of those framers would be this guy named Samuel Adams. And you heard Chris Ann Hall quote this, and I think it bears saying one more time. Yes, Samuel Adams said, for no people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can they easily be subdued where knowledge is diffused and virtue preserved. On the contrary, 
when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. What makes people universally ignorant, we might ask? Does that mean we're born ignorant? No, we're born with knowledge at the touch of our fingertips, but we need to understand knowledge only becomes powerful when it's used correctly, and that would be wisdom. Other than that, knowledge becomes foolishness. So get knowledge, and I would say at the beginning, wisdom is supreme. Stay right with us. We'll be right back. This is not something that is a Mark idea and a Michelle idea. This is a God idea. This thing right here has a two-year shelf life. When we think about the problems we have in America with our food supply, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Stock up on something that's going to help you. This is organic pea protein, greens and reds, fibers, and multivitamins and minerals. It will stay good for two years. How many have wondered what you're going to eat if things go south? Kingdom fuel right here. She said to me, she's kind of one of the JAG people, you know, one of the uh, attorneys for the military. She said, Mark, the military today can't even fit in their uniform, much less fight a war. She said, I'm concerned about the safety of America because of how we're caring for and feeding our troops. It is so sad what we have in our country and no one wants to talk about this. When I see that flag, I think of the uh, pride in America. I think of the courage displayed by the men and women who have given their very lives uh, to the cause of freedom. And I think of the people that really walked right through all the excuses that could have kept them from doing what they're supposed to do. And to that end, excuses have become nothing more than a crutch. I look at our world today, and I think you'll agree with me, sweetheart, that our bar of excellence started here but it's lowered so much and now we have this idea that it's okay to be down here instead of up here so it becomes so tolerant in behaviors that now i'm going to use a sort of an, a grade school analogy we become happy getting a c or a d as opposed to the expectation level being an a in other words there is no a's because it's okay uh, boys and girls, children to make C's all the time. Yeah, everybody gets a trophy. It's a it's a participant, and and we live in a world where, just FYI, people, and I want you to hear me carefully. There is no participation trophy in life. You either go out there and you allow life to run right over you that will control you, and life will dominate you, and time will control everything you do. Or you have to get a hold of life and begin to take control of your life, manage your time appropriately, and that way you can actually win in life. It's not about just participating anymore. You've got to go out there and life becomes not just a spectator sport like uh, we understand freedom. Life and freedom is a participatory sport, and you can't have either unless you get in the game. That's right. And we really have to get back that zero tolerance for these things that we call excuses, because the more you make them, the easier it is. And it's like it just becomes an addiction to making the next excuse. And before we know it, that's all we do is we're making an excuse to make another excuse as to why we don't excel and why we aren't setting the bar higher so that we can become better as human beings. 
we think about this excuse becomes an excuse becomes an excuse and we got excuses for excuses and so big government allows for excuses it well it's because you know you're 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 ill-equipped it's because of your circumstances because of this they create these excuses for people that can internalize those excuses Bondage. And, yeah and even even with big medicine you know they'll do Bondage. that too they'll tell you you can't uh, really pay attention in life because you have ADHD. They're looking for a diagnosis to rename you, relabel you, reshape you, and get your ID card shaped differently. Mm. And, you know, excuses like this, and this is kind of a funny analogy. We have a friend who has a pig that, I don't know if the pig's still We're alive. We're going to talk about Rosie. Rosie. The pig was named Rosie. And I think about pig. Rosie, I said to them one day in a text message, can you send me a picture of the of Rosie's backside? Mm -hmm. Yep. I did. The like, backside. The, literally said, like, her backside. You know, pull her backside tail out of the way. The I want to see the whole backside. And, I, and I, <laughs> I'm thinking, what are you doing, Mark? What is this idea? Why do you want to see Rosie's backside? And I told him this, and I used this in a presentation in church, and I really did. True story. Mm -hmm. It's like excuses become just like the backside of Rosie the pig's. And I showed a great big slide right there of Rosie the pig's backside. Well, it was clean. I'm just going to just kind of get you a descriptor. I know what you're thinking right now, but it was clean. But excuses are just like the backside of Rosie the pig. The closer you get to those things and the more you look at that and the more you examine the backside of Rosie the pig, really you're going to understand that it's going to stink more and more the closer you get. Well, excuses are like that too. The more you examine those excuses, the more you look at them, the more you carefully see where they line out, they do nothing more than just stink, like the backside of Rose the Pig. They sure stink. You know, so we really have to get them out of our life, get them out of our mindset, and we've got to start setting the buy higher. Again, back to that no tolerance policy for making excuses. It's just the easy way out. Totally. And excuses, folks, can become addictive. In other words, we don't know how to exist without them, so they become our go-to. Would you agree Habitual. with that? predictive yeah people can predict pretty much that you're gonna make another excuse why you can't be at work at on time why you can't finish your work before the end of the workday why you're procrastinating to get fit or to get healthy why is it that we're always making another excuse so don't let your excuses become habitual infectious and predictive key point and next time on further we're gonna be talking about something called the immune system Boy, ding, is ding, that ding, in the ding. news today? How does it work? What makes it work, etc.? We can't wait to show you next time on our show on Furthermore. We'll be back. Doctors Eminem. Stay with us because we're going to show you some things as we go on a little bit further to do a little bit more. We love you. We'll see you next time. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.